1: Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast.
0: All right. <clears throat> um, all right. Before we do that, we need enough data and information to convey to them. We need to clean up our own backyard and then send them a picture and explain what benefits we are experiencing that they want. These are the bricks to build a better world. Thousands of bricks. And we do what we can to deliver these bricks to the level zero and level one people. Now, I struggle to deliver to the level zero and level one people. Um, And which is kind of part of how I got to here is that I wrote that article about lawn care back in 1994. I put it on the internet in 1995. And back then, like the search engines weren't super awesome. You know, Alta Vista was, I remember being <laughs> a search engine. And and it's like somehow, because I think it was like the only article about lawn care, it became popular. So it had a huge amount of traffic. And so I, I was reaching level zero people. Now, um, the companies that sell lawn care stuff, they have hired teams of SEO experts to bump me out. And so now hardly anybody sees that article. Um, I think when I started recording this podcast, like podcast number one, I said, please go make a link to it. I don't know if anybody actually did. I said, I'll make this podcast if you go and... So I'm like... Yeah, let's let's uh, um, beat those SEO guys at their game. We're gonna have our people make links. I don't think it ever happened. I know that the article never budged. It always stayed right where it was. So, but the key is is that um, how do we reach those level zero people? It is a challenge. But I kind of feel like, and and so Jennifer was hitting me with this earlier. Is kind of like okay with a rocket mass heater. How does a person who has, like, like for every person who builds a rocket mass heater, there's probably a hundred people who have that level of DIY ability, and they live in a cold climate, um and they do not build a rocket mass heater. Why not? What's what's the thing? And I, and it's kind of like. I think that such a DIY person needs to hear from three different people first. I have it, and it's wonderful. Then they'll consider doing it. And then, you know, they probably will. They will probably do it. But how do we get to the point that they can hear that? And it's like, well, we just got to do more. We got to do more. We got to do more. We got to get it. So, um Reaching the level zero people is a bit of a problem. And, and, uh, I don't know, of those people, how many of those people, how many level zero people have seen an inconvenient truth? I mean, maybe a, a, a third of them. Level zero?
2: I, I feel like a third of level yes. one people have seen an inconvenient truth. I feel like one percent of level zero people accidentally saw an inconvenient truth
0: okay maybe a lot of them heard about it and how stupid it is from their favorite media source totally who was telling them it's dumb
2: right okay it's more like that
0: all right all right all right right. um So, I mean, that is still an issue, but it's like I, I do believe, though, that um, if we can somehow reach a group, of maybe that's the thing to do is we, we, we pick a city and we go into the city and we need to convert, us like in a neighborhood even, convert 10% to something. Maybe even a rocket mass heater, mm-hmm. and then once that conversion is done, then um, it'll then infect the neighbors from there, possibly. Although I kind of feel like in this day and age, people don't in the city. People in the city generally don't talk to their neighbors as much as they used mm-hmm.
2: to, so maybe not. I mean, like, back home in Texas, uh, we've got a lot of rice farming in our area. And, like, organic rice farming has become really popular, despite the fact that absolutely no one... Doing it cares at all about the environment or buys organic themselves simply because it's it's really profitable. And so, like their farmer buddies were like, "Can you believe how much I can sell this rice for?" And so now they're all growing organic rice. Like I think there's there's potential for that to happen even in communities who are like kind of collectively level zero. Okay.
3: Uh, You guys. Well, I think. I think if you're, you know, if you're going to talk about going into cities and and networking and and <clears throat> connecting people with bricks, a lot of a lot of cities, um, you know, we're building on the foundation that uh, that the permaculturalists who have come before us have laid, and True. part of that is that there's. People I, in most cities there is a permaculture scene. It's usually very small, and it's usually, you know, backyard gardening um, and rain barrel type thing, which is great. You know, little community peat patch gardens. But those people, they're already going to be receptive to um, to these kinds of bricks.
0: True. Um, all right. Uh... I want to ask a weird question. Are are we uh, are are we moving permaculture forward? Like as opposed to do we think we are? And I'm asking for uh, I guess opinions, which adds the think back in. Do you believe that we are actively here at Wheaton Labs moving permaculture forward? Are we doing things that have not yet been documented in by Bill Mollison or anybody else?
1: I think
2: so, yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah, so. I think so.
3: I, I believe so. I think so too.
0: Um, all right, uh, and back to the document that I wrote, I think we will not change the world for the better through shaming. We will change the world for the better by doing good things in our own backyard and sharing pictures. Is that fair?
2: I think that's a pretty good pretty good assessment. I mean, I think you probably can change the world somewhat through shaming, but that's not what we want to focus on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think when you shame, when you do it, you're going to get a lot of resistance as well. Right. Just, just blind resistance. Yeah. Like, I
2: mean, I think it can eventually work to some degree, and I mean, I think there are things like anti-smoking campaigns that have employed that successfully to some degree, but, like, it's miserable and I don't want to do it,
1: so, yeah. It probably works on... A small percentage of people and then the other people it does the opposite right. of work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um I'm trying to
0: connect all of this to my projects. Uh, the the content here, and so this is I wrote this on Permis, the content here has now reached more than one hundred million people. And we are trying to grow and reach more. My property is loaded with new projects and people working on getting projects completed and posting pictures. To reach people in other ways, I've produced a dozen movies, the cards, videos, podcasts, articles, interviews, and the best of them all, the book. I think out of all of my stuff, the book is the best. Is that fair?
3: I think so, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you.
0: So I know I've, I've put more time in polishing that book than, you know, most of my other stuff, but Um, And and I guess, and and part of, in in case I wasn't clear, I'm feeling pissy that my book isn't like doing a hundred times better. So (laughs) earlier I mentioned it, you know, how do I, and now I'm saying I'm feeling pissy that it's not by itself doing a hundred times better. Right. thousand times better. The book is, I think the best, The oh, the book is, I think, the best list of things to add comfort and money to your life. Uh, that just so happened to also solve global problems. But I am now thinking that I might not have been clear enough in the introduction about this point. To move my projects forward, my forward velocity is limited by resources. To gain those resources, I try to do the same thing. Uh, Create something of great benefit and value. To provide something in return for resources. To be generous. As I type this, I have a Kickstarter running where I think that we return... I think this must be a typo. Where I think that what we return has ten times the value of what people put in. Does that seem fair? I mean, you know... Jennifer and Josiah you guys helped me kind of whip out the you know the stuff for the Kickstarter Jennifer with huge amounts of time but when we sit and we look at the dollar value of what's at the $10 level right are we providing a hundred dollars or more worth of content?
2: totally yeah I think everything up to definitely the hundred dollar level like you're getting back way way more I mean if somebody decides to give us ten thousand dollars or something they're probably not getting their money's worth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but <Yeah>. but thanks
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> your extra coin is appreciated I think ten thousand is the most Kickstarter will allow. <laughs> Um for anything. But I don't think we even have a reward for that No, much money. we totally don't.
2: We could yeah. we
0: could make something up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um all right, I got to do the scrolly thing. Oh, and then I've got my. Somebody made. I've, I've said this a bunch of times. Try one hundred things. Two will work out, but you never know in advance which two. And somebody made a lovely meme. I guess that's supposed to be a picture of me in there. Is that?
2: I don't think that's meant to be you, Paul. Oh, it's this- clues.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That guy looks kind of
0: (laughs) thin. So, uh, yeah, either that or there was some Photoshopping done.
2: (laughs) And he doesn't even have a beard. I don't know.
0: Maybe he does. I don't think he does. All right. All right. (laughs) It isn't perfect. I'm trying all sorts of things, and I have about a hundred people that are actively pushing me forward, many of whom are doing it in a way where I don't see uh, where they have any direct benefit. My only guess is that they're thinking the same thing I am. This will work if enough of us push. Some are putting in time on the staff. Some are here at Wheaton Labs. Some are flooding my Patreon stuff with coin or putting heaps of coin into the Kickstarter. And the one thing that I think moves all of this forward the most, the BRK. So I've, I don't know, I'm in the middle of a paragraph, but I gotta stop and say, I've been asked, I don't know how many times, like, what's, if I want to put a thousand dollars into pushing forward whatever you do, where's the best place to put it? I think. The BRK. I think it's more important than the Kickstarter, more important than my Patreon account, more important than anything else I can think of. Is, is there anything more important than the BRK? Where if somebody's got like $1,000 or $10,000, where is, is there a place that's more important that'll have the, the larger global effect for based on our values and what we're trying to accomplish? Is there something more important or better use of that money than the BRK? Everybody's looking at the ceiling.
1: I'm sure there is, but we haven't thought of it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I think it's
3: it's gonna be a balance like it like I would rather see the b r k stay a little bit smaller but be consistent enough that it could it could you know give sixteen hundred dollars to ten people a month rather than like oh it it gives uh four thousand dollars to one person but then but then all those all those people who are supporting it um, drop out because they don't want to give $4,000 to a bunch of different people, right? Okay. That's one thought that I have about it.
0: Well, and I kind of feel like if somebody goes and they say, I'll put $25 into the BRK, how often do they actually part with $25? Like every month or two or three?
2: Uh, I mean, there have been stretches where nobody got it for like 6 months or more and then in the last couple of months we've been hitting it, you know, more. at least once a month I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, and I I kind of wish and I think I think that where we have that where the BRK fails is that um, the content that people get from the BRK is available publicly. And so it's not like you don't get to see it. Unless you put in the BRK, right? And and so then people are like, why should I put in the BRK? I still get it. And so uh, I think big thanks to the people that have put money into the BRK at this time. Totally. And uh, and it's it has taken a hit. It would be great if it was to grow out again. But I you know for all the little for all the thousands of variables that I try to you know juggle every day to try to move forward that's, the, if somebody asks, and they have asked, that's what I say, and then I would say only 10% of them actually do put something in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, maybe it's just a little too confusing, it needs to be a little more formal, maybe?
2: Yeah, I think there is an element of confusion when people first encounter it. Like, I mean, one, I think the title's a little opaque, the biological reverse Kickstarter doesn't have yeah. immediate meaning to people, and then it's just kind of like a long list and it overwhelms People and they run away. But, um, but that could be solved, like many things with more than 30 seconds worth of attention.
0: All right, so I'm in the middle of a paragraph. Uh, some are flooding my Patreon stuff with a coin or putting heaps of coin into my Kickstarter. And the one thing that I think moves all this forward the most, the BRK. I want to say thanks to all of these people. But thanks seems to suggest that they are doing this stuff for me. It's not like I, take, I can take all of this and can now go on some glorious five-year vacation as an exploration of deep hedonism. And then I mention HHH, and I think everybody... I, think
2: the, I have no
3: idea what no that means. No idea what HHH means. Really? Yeah. yeah. Fred? No.
2: So none of us know.
1: I know GGG. I don't know HHH. I don't know
2: that one either.
1: What's GGG? Uh, good, Giving, and Game. It's a... Oh,
2: a- yeah, the... <laughs>
1: A sexual thing. It's a what thing? It's like a sexual partner thing. Oh (laughs) my! No wonder I don't
0: know what that is. Okay. H H H. So there, there was a point in time when people were asking me like, "Well, I want to put money into what you're doing, but what are you gonna, what are you gonna, like, if I buy your four DVD set, what are you gonna do with that money? That's I need to know, or I'm not buying this four DVD set. And my answer has universally been. Oh, I'll tell you what I'm going to spend on. I'm going to spend on hookers, heroin, and hooch. Mm -hmm. H-H-H. And and so, of course, I've never done that. But actually, you know what? I have bought hooch before. Um, but still, it's like, uh, you know, I'm going to spend on whatever the fuck I want to spend it on. It's none of your fucking business. But alright, so I mentioned, so there's a shout out to HHH there. Maybe other people will ask and, you know, a pod person can enlighten them. But I know that I've gotten like, uh, like, uh, we've gotten that gift card from Bill Krim in the past and it said for pure simple fun, fun. And it says HHH approved. <laughs> so, um, alright. I want to say thanks for understanding what I am trying to do and I'm reluctant to say it, making sacrifices of your time and or monies where there is no obvious direct benefit. So all this stuff about connecting information to people so that they can have a large benefit without sacrifice. Does still take sacrifice, and I feel like we're making massive progress on dimes and nickels, especially when compared to professional organizations. And I put the word professional in quotes. But <clears throat> um, I think that uh, by the standards of many, do you? How about here's a here's a Do you guys believe that what you're doing here is uh, is sacrifice? Well, no. No. Okay. Do you think that your families think it is sacrifice?
1: Yes.
2: They definitely think it's weird. Maybe (laughs) they think it's sacrifice. Yeah.
1: I think mostly not. Really? You're... Okay. I think they're baffled. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But they don't think that I'm living in suffering. Okay.
2: They're just confused about why I don't want, like you know, a chlorinated pool in a McMansion or whatever. But they don't right. yeah, they don't I'm think that's suffering. Yeah, yeah.
3: I think yeah, suffering in terms of opportunity cost. Yeah. Yeah. You could be a doctor. Exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs>
3: that's what I'd be doing if I wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um
0: let's see. What I am trying to say is that global positive change comes from teaching a billion people about the benefit they derive from one simple thing. And that thing happens to also make a positive global difference. And then to share a dozen similar things, and then a hundred. We have hundreds of things to share already, and we have ideas for hundreds more, which we need to make and then take pictures and video of. Then we need to find the ways to connect these things to billions of people. We're trying stuff there too. The solutions to global problems are simple. We just need to demonstrate and share in a way that reaches a billion brains. Maybe if we had just a little more help. All right, now if I scroll down, I think I think I added a couple of points, but they're like they're after points. But for for what I've got up here so far, <clears throat> and what I've just read into the podcast, what do you guys got? Anything to add to any of that? I know I, I saw Fred taking notes, but maybe he's just making a, a grocery list. <laughs>
2: uh, I feel like I kind of said everything I wanted to say during the discussion already.
3: Okay, yeah. I, I brought this up a little bit before we started recording, but just like. It's a lot. A lot of the a lot of the people that I know who are into permaculture don't think twice about, um, you know, using plywood, using glue laminated uh, beams, using concrete, um, using paints, and they're using pesticides. Using well, they do. Okay, not me particular. Right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know people, people who, who been, are into permaculture. They're and saying all I'm
0: pesticides. into permaculture and they're using pesticides. And. You know,
3: the, the reason that I, th- I think they still use this stuff is because it's easy, it's convenient, and the alternatives are not that. They're not easy, convenient, and maybe they don't even exist in their mind. And so, the work that we're doing here is, is like, what are, what is the alternative to using concrete? What is the alternative to using plywood? How can we do that? Um, with stuff that we have locally on the land, how can we do? Um, how can we do it simply? How can we do it in a way that doesn't expose us to any toxins? Um, and I think that I think that that's really valuable work. We're trying to come up with these alternatives to the carcinogens.
1: I think probably like maybe ten people that have either been here for a workshop or in the boot camp have suggested one of the solutions to a problem that we're looking at directly is like oh put some of that spray foam that expanding spray yeah. foam insulation yeah. in there it's like great stuff it's called great stuff okay yeah you know what's yeah. great it says it right on the right. can yeah mm-hmm. so there are permaculture people but they they don't see the alternative to that stuff
2: right well the typical like kind of diy handyman handy person like you know thing for people who have even like home setting skills, farm skills, trade skills. It involves a lot of that stuff. There's a lot of glue, a lot of plywood, a lot of WD40 even for people who are not like, you know, working at the local bank, like they're they're on the land doing stuff. That's just not on a lot of people's radars, I think. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, I was interested in permaculture, and I was at I was at a tour of Brian Kirkplate's uh, spot, um, and I was there with a bunch of my organic farmer friends. And I understood swales, I understood polyculture, I thought it was really cool. I was excited. I was a newbie, and this guy showed up. Um, it's Matt from Feral Farm. Yeah. And he's and he starts talking about embodied energy. And he points to the metal roof over Brian's milking stanchion. He points to the galvanized fencing and he's like those they're shit. You know, we got to get rid of those. Like we can't use this stuff because of the embodied energy that it contains. And to me that was extreme. Like his his opinion was extreme. And it t- it took me a lot of years, you know, until being here where it's I where I I think um I've sort of, you know, come up to maybe his level on the on the eco scale to the point where it's I see I see them as being a problem and I want to come up with alternative solutions to using those things that have embodied energy. But the I think it still remains that most of the people who are interested in this stuff are going to take our positions on it as extreme. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you, you know, you ask this question, like, is what we're doing? Pushing permaculture forward, um, and I like to think about it as like right now there's so much waste material out there, and a lot of permaculturalists are into um, scavenging used materials, you know, pulling them out of the waste stream and reusing them, and that's great, you know, it, it, you know, you're not buying it new, so you're not exposing the world to to the the problems that their production, um, their supply chain creates. But what what are you going to do when that supply runs out or if that supply runs out, what is the next, um, what's the next step in, you know, when it, when it stops becoming an alternative, how do you, um, how do you take it into, uh, you're not, you're not creating demand at all for those supplies, um, and you know how to live without them entirely, even if you're not able to dumpster dive them or get them from the used, uh um what the home resource things like that um and that that's what we're working on you know how do you how do you how do you reduce the demand for for embodied energy products even the demand for for used high embodied energy materials
0: i i agree um matt at feral farm he's got a lot of cool stuff that he's doing. Yeah. Um and uh, uh there's I yeah, lots of good things to say about about Matt and Brian Kirkley. Mm-hmm. And um one of these days am I I maybe I'll try and get back to that area and mm-hmm. see see what all's new there, but imagine it's probably been I mean, I don't think I've been out there since I moved here, so it's been 7 years since I've been to their place and stuff. All right, I'm going to – does anybody else have anything else to say about – I mean, I think that the, the big point that, I, that is made with all of this is the idea of um, uh, how we connect something like children with cancer to an authentic solution, which is going to be the bricks. And 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 we got to we got to improve our overall forward velocity. And I you know does this document does stating this in a podcast and writing it on a permus does it change anything? Does it improve our overall forward velocity? I, I have no idea. But I kind of feel like try 100 things, and this is a thing to try that we I don't think we've really that I've really tried is is to is to make this direct connection. We're concerned about how childhood cancer is getting out of control and i kind of feel like um the extent of the concern for most people at level zero is oh that's sad mm-hmm. and now for the weather
2: right <laughs> you know More like i'm gonna donate to saint jude's or like a cancer hospital saint jude's is a cancer hospital back home that like provides free services for children with cancer and it's like I know level zero people who donate to that and like they care deeply about those kids but this sort of solution is so far out of their wheelhouse it's never even occurred to them so getting through to those people yeah
0: if we had a million dollars and we put half of the million dollars into marketing of my book Right. And then the other half of the million dollars went to projects that were here. Mm -hmm. Do you think that we would have a larger global impact than St. Jude's?
2: I think so, yes.
1: So, to be clear, St. Jude's is trying to cure cancers that children get. Mm -hmm. Right. They're not doing anything, as far as I know, to prevent those cancers from happening. Right. Right. And so you know yeah St. Jude's is pretty well known my dad was a fundraiser for them yeah um, oh. but he wasn't looking at like well what's causing these cancers how can we get those out of people's lives yeah they, no not at all
0: no forgive me for a moment fred i want to do something and i i think it's kind of mean of me to 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 do it but okay i am going i want to ask you a a question that's a it's a mean and brutal question I might not answer. Did your dad get paid to do that? No. Awesome! Oh, that was not the answer I thought I was going to get. I thought I was going to get like, oh, it was his job.
1: No, no, no. He okay. he was just something that he did in his spare time. Like, okay. it wasn't like he was one of the corporate fundraisers for Extreme. Right. Right. Okay. Which All I'm right. sure there
0: are. Yeah, that's where I was thinking like, because I know very little about your dad, and um, so I was thinking like. Maybe that's his job, is is to do that. But okay, no, that is that is actually awesome. That's very cool. But at the same time, I kind of to to Jennifer's point, I kind of wonder if. Um, is, are the people involved in St. Jude's Are they kind of Helping to support A profitable thing Like, like there's a bunch of people getting rich And St. Jude's is the Facilitator for those people Getting rich
2: I do not know I wouldn't be surprised Because that's how a lot of stuff goes um, I think the people Particularly the people who donate to them Are very well motivated people Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if their donations are being used well. I've seen things on the internet that are critical. I've seen things that are very positive. I just don't know.
0: Are there volunteers at St. Jude's?
2: Um, I mean, they're, a, they're like a hospital hospital, so as far as I know, mostly yeah. it's paid medical staff. But right. I assume that, yes, people so probably do volunteer.
0: Fred's dad clearly wasn't getting paid. Right, so. right. right. And, I
2: mean, my dad sends them money every month, but we've never, like, gone to the hospital there okay. or anything like that. Yeah. Right.
0: right. I mean, I think that there's probably about seven hours of podcasts we, we could record about the Susan G. Common Foundation and right. a bunch of other... You know, American Cancer Society and things like that. And, and all of the political and different fundraising things and different... Right. And I wanna, I just don't want to get into any of that. Totally. I, I kind of feel like our mission is radically different. And... Um, uh, and for the for a while there, I was kind of thinking like the the lowest paid person at saint jude 's Hospital is probably on their taxes reporting four or five times the income that I report every year mm. and so um I'm, I guess my my point was is that I, I just kind of it comes back to the weird thing I have about nonprofits and again I should step away from that that gets really political really fast. So um, but okay, moving moving along. The next item I've got on on here is I've been interviewed a few times recently about my book and one of the questions I get asked a lot is, the book says it's for people with a backyard. Is there anything in the book for apartment dwellers? I've now answered that question so many times I've got like a, a canned answer I now give. Um, the first half of the book is for everybody, including people in apartments. And the second half of the book is also for apartment dwellers, but more like how those same apartment dwellers do not happen to own a nuclear reactor, but they have a pretty good idea of what a nuclear reactor does and how a nuclear reactor basically kind of works. So I think the second half of my book is information about how to solve world problems through bricks. But it's more like for knowledge. Just like you have knowledge of a nuclear reactor, even though you don't own one. Right. All right. So I, I kind of want to. So you're making
3: a weird face, Josiah. Oh, it's, just, you know, I really like the second half of your book. <laughs> I, like, I like the bricks. They're good.
0: Yeah. But I think a person in an apartment would find value in those things, even though they're about your backyard or acreage. They're very interesting. There you go. I think it's good for them to know it. It's good to know how to solve world problems.
1: Right. Most of the people that live in apartments are, you know, they might know somebody that has a backyard. Or
2: want to one day have a backyard of their own. Right.
1: Or
0: if they're involved in a conversation about solving world problems, they could talk about a rocket mass heater. Totally. All right. Um, Another element that comes up a lot is about building codes and insurance around rocket mass heaters. Part one is that there's a lot of progress with both building codes and insurance. Part two is that it is exactly like people smoking pot. Nobody ever smoked any pot until the government made it legal, right? I mean, that's how pot became legal. Everybody waited and Nobody smoked any pot, right? That's what I heard. Nobody smoked any pot until the government said, "Okay. We've thought about it and we've decided that it's okay." So, in Colorado and Washington state, now it's okay. You can you can smoke pot now. It's okay. And so everybody just waited until it was said. It was uh, until it was, you know, they got the message from the government that it was okay, right? Everybody's giving me this weird-ass look. The fuck is this all about? I mean, I know none of us smoke pot, because, you know, I'm weird about that, but I think most of the reason is, is like no one here really is interested but is that what you guys are giving me this weird look about? Like, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody. I,
3: I think lots of people smoked pot before it became legal, and I think lots of people are going to build rocket mass heaters in their home while it's illegal and prove that it works.
2: But we would never encourage anyone to do anything illegal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i you know... I, I'm,
0: I'm sure that building a Wafati is probably illegal in most states. So in those states, I'm sure that people are not going to build them. And then those states will pro, well, they probably won't be the first states to legalize building a Wafati. And so um, rocket mass heaters are legal in a lot of places now to build. And there's a lot of insurance companies that approve them. And... Uh, you know, if I I cannot imagine somebody building a rocket mass heater someplace. I mean, just because it saves you thousands of dollars a year and stuff like that. I mean, is that really enough? And and uh, and plus it makes the world a cleaner place with a lower carbon footprint. I mean, they wouldn't do it for that, right? That would be taking a risk or something, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> All right, I guess uh, I guess so. I'm I'm correct. It's it's uh, nobody ever smoked any pot until the government made it legal. I yes I I'm not sure. Did you, I think Josiah said that. I'm
2: <laughs> On that note, completely unrelated note, there's this book by Thoreau called *Civil Disobedience*. <laughs>
0: Was he a pot-smoking dude?
2: (laughs) He was all about, um, you know...
0: Because I imagine in his day, it probably was legal.
2: (laughs) It probably was. Mm -hmm. No, he was just all about, like, um, evaluating the moral value of laws before you decided whether or not to follow them, essentially.
0: Okay. That sounds complicated. All right.
2: He also wrote Walden Pond, which was about a lovely pond.
0: Okay, (laughs) Hmm. And he had a, a small place to live in. Yeah. I think I think his place was about the I think his place was actually about the same size as the love shack. I think. All right. Um, this came up on a staff meeting on Saturday as I was attempting to paint a picture of how the Skip program is ten thousand times more important than the greenhouse Kickstarter. The greenhouse Kickstarter is one brick. That will possibly be a foundation for a home design that will solve a long list of global problems, including childhood cancer. But the skip stuff will be the foundation for accelerating all of these ideas and laying the foundation for new ideas on a global scale with a much stronger motivator for doing so. The greenhouse project is awesome for some level four or level five people. Skip will appeal to level zero and level one people and be an overall stronger motivator. But I think our peeps can understand and support the greenhouse about a hundred times easier right now than skip. So skip still has a long ways to go for people to get their heads wrapped around it. All right, so the thing I'm putting on the table here is that Skip is 10,000 times more important than the Greenhouse Kickstarter. Does that seem like a fair number? Am I... No. I don't know. No, you don't don't know. know. It's
3: not not my job to think about that. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) I mean, I think the Greenhouse Kickstarter has the potential to be really important as a design, like, Mm -hmm. to get out there, like you said, as part of a home design that will help cure childhood cancer. But... Sure, that's a number.
1: Ten thousand. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's like, well, how many bricks are there, and it's that many times more important.
2: Right. Right. Well, yeah. well.
0: all right. All right. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna use the number ten thousand, and um, I'm, I'm probably more familiar with Skip than the three of you combined. True. Um, True. I think that everybody in this room probably has about as much knowledge about the greenhouse we're about to build as I do. Does that seem fair? Yeah. So, but skip is something where it's like and and yeah, and, and plus m- what you guys struggle with every day is about building things and and solving problems here and my focus tends to be only about I don't know 20% what's here and 80% is more about what's in the greater community, the, you know, more online community. So, um, and, and focusing on how do I pay for the things here and stuff like that? How do I get more boots here and, and stuff? So, but I kind of feel like right now, uh, like the PEP program is defined, uh, well enough for, uh, anybody to get PEP1 certified. And, um, uh, and so that's already done. That was done more than a year ago and there are people that are working on that and we've got to finish defining the rest of the PEP program which we're almost we're getting we we're made, we've made a lot of great progress there's a lot but there's still some to go and it takes a long time um it's just it's just slow and and then we and then we've got like a book we're kind of developing simultaneously in a way and then um all right anyway and that'll be
1: next year's Kickstarter. Uh,
0: well i i kind of feel like this Kickstarter has gone so well. I'm a little surprised. Um, and we're, not, we're only like, what, five days in or something? Yeah. Um, that we basically said, we want to do an experiment. Do you want us to do the experiment? And then so much money has come in. And it's like, wow, that was easy. And I love the idea of funding our experiments this way. But um, yeah, it's possible that the next Kickstarter will be the pep book, the skip book and um, we've got to wait and see how it goes but I do think that um, if we had another project to do here like the Freezer Wafati maybe then um, I would say that mm-hmm. doing a Kickstarter for the skip book would be more important um, 10,000 times more important mm-hmm. um, for reasons
1: sure
0: alright We're sitting at the dining room table, and Boots are starting to come in wanting to eat their lunch. (laughs) And so I think we're going to call it good. Does anybody have a last-second thing to add? No. No. So if you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com, where we talk about curing cancer, homesteading, and permaculture all all the the time.
1: time. (laughs) Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash wheaton and make a pledge for future
2: artifacts.